Welcome to the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, NJCIE. As the name suggests, this podcast will discuss inclusive education and most importantly, why it works. On this episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast, I welcome my guest, Wendy Lacey. Wendy and I discuss inclusive education from a parent's perspective and the benefits her family saw by having her daughter who has Down syndrome in an inclusive education setting. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. I am your host, Arthur Aston, and I am happy to have my guest, Wendy Lacey, on the show with us today. So, Wendy, welcome to the podcast, and I'm excited for our conversation. And I'm so happy to be here, Arthur. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, yes, you're welcome. Um, So to get started, uh, can you share with us what does inclusive education in general, what does that mean to you, and, and how would you define that? So uh, by way of background, I have four children, all now teenagers, and one of my children has a disability. She has Down syndrome, and she's been educated in an inclusive setting um, since she was young. And so when I think of inclusive education and my family's experience, I think about it as being, as providing opportunities for students with disabilities to learn alongside their peers in their own neighborhoods and in their own communities. And I think inclusive education also has an important component of um, giving students and educators the tools they need to make that successful education happen in that setting. I think inclusive education means more than physically being in the same building. It means it's more than just having someone like my daughter being the same recess as her typically developing peers or in the same art class or music class. It's really about giving students meaningful opportunities to get to know each other, to learn alongside each other, and to learn from each other. That's so true. And it it goes beyond the classroom, as you said, um, to the, you know, the playgrounds, the the recess uh, time, it it goes way beyond uh, just the classroom setting and and the learning in the classroom. Because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as as someone myself with a disability, it's, you know, it's nice when I'm able to fit in, you know, even now as an adult, it's nice when I'm able to just be incorporated into a group of people of my peers at, you know, at a concert or someplace like that, where I like to go or at the movie theater or something like that. It goes way beyond the classroom and it sets up, um, it, it sets up a, a, a situation from early, early in someone's life to what they will face throughout their life in adulthood um, for situations where everybody is expected to be in the same place at the same time and um, interact with each other. So uh, it mm-hmm. starts in the classroom, but it does go way beyond that, um, that setting for sure. And um, yeah. And I you, mean, education really sets the setting for what our society should be like overall for everyone. Yes, definitely. That's, wow, that was good. (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) Um, So when you were um, answering that first question, you mentioned that uh, your daughter has uh, Down syndrome and uh, that she was in an inclusive classroom setting. 
uh, for, you know, through her uh, education time in school. Uh, mm -hmm. As a parent, what were some of the benefits that you saw uh, that your daughter was gaining from being in an inclusive classroom setting? So, you know, it's hard to say she's 17 now. So Evelyn is 17 years old and she's going to be a junior at Montclair High School. When I say that Evelyn has been in an inclusive setting since she was a baby, what I mean by that is from the very beginning, she um, attended and did the, her therapy sessions at the Bed Samuel Center at Montclair State University. We sent her to typical preschools. So really from the beginning, we embraced as the family, the philosophy of inclusion. And a lot of that came from speaking to our parental peers <laughs> who had children with disabilities who were, who were older than ours, um, who gave us the advice of, think about where you want your child to be 20, 30 years from now, and then set the path based on that. And so, you know, having Evelyn grow up to be as independent as possible is really, um, what made us believe in the importance of inclusive education. Um, so it's hard to say, obviously there's no, <laughs> um, it's hard to say exactly what her life would be like if she didn't do inclusive education, but I am very, very confident that learning alongside her peers in her own community has helped her develop a sense of belonging, a sense of pride and a steady path towards independence. Um, you know, from the very beginning, she was able to observe and model her peers and learn about what appropriate social interactions look like. Um, being in an inclusive setting has helped us as parents set our own expectations very high for her, um, made us understand what she could accomplish if given the right tools and support, um, made us understand why it was important to have her be a part of her own community um, have have other families see her at school events, know that she belongs here too and should feel welcome. And we really wanted, we really wanted to be able to, as simple as this, we wanted as a family to be able to go to a restaurant, for example, in Montclair and have um, other children, other families give her a wave because they recognized her and, and knew her and not look at her because she was different. And so, you know, inclusive education is a lot more than just about what happens in the classroom. It's about being a part of the fabric of your community. Um, so as parents, being in an inclusive setting has also helped us um, realize what we need to do to shape her future. I mean, now that she's in high school, we see um, her peers getting ready for college, getting ready for careers and, and have those conversations. And you know what? Evelyn's path might ultimately veer from theirs over the long term, but those same basic um, considerations are happening, right? Will she have additional schooling? What will she do for work? What's going to make her happy where she's going to live? And so our um, embracing inclusive education really has set us on this path of, of how to make her the independent young woman who is happy in life and uh, giving us the tools to, to do that. I, I love that you use the word independent and independence multiple times. That is, um, that reminded me of my own parents <laughs> with me. And, um, you know, and that, I think that is what every parent strives for, how they can, you know, help their child achieve their best potential and, you know, their highest uh, level of accomplishments and the independence of, uh, 
you know, whatever that looks like for that individual. And um, it, I, I also love the, what you said about being able to go out and having students and other families, you know, wave to Evelyn and say like, oh, hi, you know, like, hey, she's in my class. And <laughs> like, I, you know, that, that's what children look for, uh, you know, when they go out and, and they're friends. And so that really, uh, having her in the inclusive setting uh, in the classroom, it really, you know, that really does help out with those types of situations outside of the classroom in the world. And um, that, yeah, that was really cool. It really reminded me of my own, uh, my own parents there. So I kept smiling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's nice too, when I think about what's going on right now in our family, Evelyn is at two weeks of sleepaway camp at, in Frost Valley YMCA, their YMCA camp in upstate New York. And uh, this is maybe her fourth time doing that, a two week sleepaway program. And um it is bittersweet. I mean, to see her get there, we there's lots of kids from Montclair who go to camp there. And so to pull up there for drop off and see families we know, and again, have them give a big greeting to her, it, it really, it's something special. Um, but boy, I miss her at sleepaway camp. Sometimes I'm like, is this an independence thing? Okay, because I really miss her. <laughs> but you know, those are tools I, I like to think, um, or let me say, I'm I'm confident in my thinking that the fact that we've had her in an inclusive setting has given her that confidence that she can do something like this, um, just like her peers are doing, enjoying this kind of camp experience, um, enjoying dance classes in town, film classes, you know, things outside the classroom, but she got that confidence to be able to do those things from being amongst her peers in the classroom. Yeah, that's really great. And uh... <clears throat> Two weeks at sleepaway camp. That's a. Uh, that's a... I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Grown up camp, please. Yes. Is there is there a sleepaway camp for adults? Like just yeah. <laughs> just for two weeks. I might even take a week at this point. Just to, yeah. no just kidding. to step away and and be in in nature for for a couple of days. Like that would be that would be great at this no. point for sure. No. <laughs> sounds like yes, definitely sounds like the dream. <laughs> Um, so uh, you and your you and your family uh, started uh, Cornerstone Montclair. Can you tell us uh, what that is and how it came to be, and and what it about some of the great things that you all do there? Sure. Um, Cornerstone Montclair is a business that's built around the philosophy that community inclusion is cr critically important for our society in general. Um, in order for the benefits of inclusive education to be fully realized, right? You have there's a continuum here. Um, it, it's not going to help if Evelyn and her um, peers with disabilities are in inclusive education settings, and then they they age out of the public school system, and then there's nothing for them to do, right? Um, so inclusion is a continuum. It does not stop after you you leave in the public school system, and that is the ultimate goal, I think, for all of us. And so my family established Cornerstone Montclair almost four years ago. It's a philosophy based on inclusion, but also a physical place. So we own a um, small commercial building in Upper Montclair. There are five businesses that take up space in the building. In order to be here, you have to support and do something actively to support the philosophy of inclusion. Um, so we have five businesses here who do something for that goal. Um, I'll give you two concrete examples. One of the businesses here is the Inclusive Movement Center. I'm going to speak about them a little bit in a, 
some of the things I say are, are based on pre-COVID <laughs> experiences. <Yes>. So <laughs> the Inclusive Movement Center yes. is, is a healthy business in, in running now. But before COVID, they they had they were very popular for their ninja warrior classes. So they would have um, I, I think they had almost 20 different classes a week. Each one of their classes mostly were made up of typically developing students. However, they are award-winning in adaptive physiology and every one of their classes would have several children who had disabilities integrated in with their peers. They have fantastic equipment and fantastic, fantastic instructors that enabled um, fun classes um, that were open and able to accommodate kids of all abilities. And in addition to that, the Inclusive Movement Center also had interns with and without disabilities working with them. So they are they are up and running again um, after the worst of the pandemic. Um, but it's a little different, obviously, because much smaller size classes um, that are working together. And then there's the general store, which my family also owns. And the store is a it's a retro style gift store. And it is um, it's a lot of fun. We carry a little of everything. Um, we appeal to a wide range of, of people, customers. Uh, and then we also hire, I have about 10 or 11 employees right now. Half of them have disabilities, most, mostly high school and college uh, students. And then the other half don't have disabilities. And um, I don't like to say that I use the buddy system, but I do like to overlap staff um, when possible so that they're learning from each other. And just as importantly, building relationships together. Um, so so that is the kind of thing that's going on in this building with all the businesses here we also have a community room that's used for a wide range of things i do want to pause and say that i i'm careful to try and, and make sure the image of this building is not one that it's a building um, for quote unquote special needs kids or just for people with disabilities um, I like to say this is a building that has a lot of stuff going on for a wide range of people. It just makes sure that that wide range of people includes people and is especially welcoming and accessible to people who have disabilities. So my community room, which is the room I'm in now, um, yes, we have social skills groups. We've had support groups in here. We've had support groups for, that have nothing to do with people with disabilities. Um, we have senior citizen yoga that takes place here, our classes. So it varies from time to time, but it, it's a lot of different things. Um, uh, one of the things that I, the stories I love is we had uh, a Valentine's Day activity here for students. This is going back maybe two years now. And it was an activity where parents would sign up and, and we had staff here helping uh, children make Valentine's Day cards. and again, for all abilities. And one parent reached out very grateful because she said it was one of the only activities that her two young daughters were able to do together. And one of her daughters had a significant disability and one didn't. And she said there aren't a lot of places where she feels like they can be together for an activity. And um, our goal is to not be the only business like that, but to be a role model um, for other businesses. And I do wanna clarify that um, Cornerstone Montclair is not a nonprofit. Um, I'd like to say we're a self-sustaining building, <laughs> um, but I don't believe you have to be a nonprofit to do the right thing to include everyone in your community. Yeah, I I love all of the work that you're doing, and I I live in South Jersey, but the second I can get up there, I would love to <laughs> come and check out the space. It sounds like a you. 
Yeah, it sounds like a great um, a great place. And I love what you said, that it's not just for uh, people with disabilities, but it it's a, a space for everybody that also includes those with disabilities. Um, because that, I, I always like to say, people with disabilities are in your communities. They are, you know, they're in your towns, they're your neighbors, and they're going to the stores and the movies and the malls that you go to. And there needs to be, um, you know, space for them to be included in and in, in um, places like yours. So it's really great. I would also add that I also tell people, and I, I hear this from people all the time, you know, I, I think the last statistic that I read was 20% of families will experience disability directly in their life, whether it's an individual themselves or someone that they love. And so, you know, everyone is going to be touched with these type of challenges throughout their life or a large portion of the society will be. And, and I hear that a lot from people who come in. I've met some amazing families um, and amazing people have just come in and said, oh, I heard about what you're doing and I can relate to this because my father, my son, my daughter, my cousin, and everyone has the story. And in a lot of ways, this, this building, this business has been a connector of people. Um, I've literally had somebody come in and start talking to me about their inclusive education experience and then have a woman across the room in the store say, oh, I'm moving here from Brooklyn and I'm interested in inclusive education. Should, can we talk? And those two people go outside and sit in a bench together and chat. And I love that, right? Because it's a that's what it's about. Um, that's really building community, right? And helping people and being a, an informal resource for people. You know, one of the other things I want to say about the store that I don't think I mentioned was that I, I go out of my way to carry products and artwork made by people with disabilities. And that has also just been such a fun way to meet different people from across the country and all over the world. I have um, artwork by local artists. I, I carry dog treats by from a young woman, an entrepreneur in Milwaukee, cookies from a baker in North Carolina who has a disability. I, all over the place, chocolates from a young woman in Georgia who has a disability, bath bombs. And so that's all integrated into what's here. And sometimes customers know that, and sometimes they don't. And when they're checking out, I say, hey, do you know that this entrepreneur um, is such an incredible entrepreneur? And look at this challenge they have as well. And people are really interested to hear those stories. That is such a great thing to... Um, you know, to, to raise that awareness about disabilities and the accomplishments of those and the talents of those who have disabilities. Because um, I, I always uh, say, and I always hear that, you know, my, my disability is physical. My disability is a mobility disability. So it's, oh, he can't walk. And, you know, it's always what they can't do. People with disabilities, they can't see, they can't walk. Um, but it's a great way, what you're doing is a great way to focus on the positive, the flip side of things and say like, yeah, they have these challenges. They face these, uh, you know, these obstacles because of their uh, limitations that are uh, created by their disability. But they also have these talents of doing artwork and creating uh, bath bombs and chocolates yeah. and things like that. So that's really, uh, really cool. And I always love hearing stories because I am... Uh, you know, not talented in many ways. So <laughs> I'm always excited to hear of anybody's great ideas that they have, uh, you know, with products that they can create. 
Yeah. Well, you're talented at this. Oh, well, thank, well, thank you. <laughs> I also, you know, one of the things, one of the values that I have up on the wall is empowerment. And I love buying these products by people with disabilities. One of the things I really try to avoid is a pity party. Like, I don't want customers saying, oh, this is so sweet. And this, you know what? It's not sweet. This person is making a living <laughs> and it has their own business and uh, you can give them your money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I think it's about respect and empowerment. And along those lines, I'm also, I don't have volunteers really. On occasion, I have people volunteer for a special event or a special project, but I really do try to steer away from that because I think employment, paid employment is important. And, um, and that is part of empowerment and respect. It is. I love the empowerment and I love the, the fact that you said you stay away from the pity parties. Like that's, <laughs> that's so important um, yeah. to keep things positive. And also the, the paid employment, that is a huge thing uh, for people with mm -hmm. disabilities for sure. Um, so it's great that you are able to provide that, uh, to provide that for them. And, um, one of the other things about uh, Cornerstone Montclair is uh, that you have mission partners uh, that are businesses, educators, and service providers. Um, why would you say that is, um, why would you say those are important partnerships to have uh, within the community? Well, I think shared values just help get things done in a more efficient and stronger way. I mean, we send a stronger message together about the role that people with disabilities can lead in their community. Um, there's a lot of synergies that happen here too. So I'll give you an example um, of how we work together. Again, we're all separate businesses here, but I have, um, I have an adult who ha who's on the autism spectrum who just started working here and he's particularly good working with customers. And the speech therapist upstairs was working with the, one of her clients to develop a role-playing script about let's pretend we work in the store and this is how she's helping to develop social skills and, and speech, um, speech skills. And my employee was asked to be an, a, con a consultant on, on, um, on this video that they were doing. And, and he was great. He's like, that's not what I would say to a customer. I would say this, or I would suggest that. And uh, it was just a great way, a great reminder of by having people um, with shared, having businesses with shared values and goals in the building that we can play off each other and um, really uh, build things based on the synergies that sometimes just pop up from being in the same place in the same time. Um, but mostly it's about being with, with groups of people and professionals who really uh, agree that providing opportunities and platforms to people with disabilities to, to feel fulfilled and welcome in their own communities is important. Yeah, you've definitely, uh, as you mentioned, you've taken the inclusive education outside of the classroom setting. It's just, and mm -hmm. into the real world, into the, into the community, which is, so it's needed. It's it's something that's definitely needed. And uh, for you to be, you know, the first in, in your community to do such a thing, it's really, um, you know, it's great to be that, that role model and that uh, setting that standard for uh, what's capable from other uh, businesses to do. So that's uh, really great. I'm really excited that uh, Cornerstone Montclair exists. That's really... Uh, Really makes me makes me happy for sure. <laughs> um, Can't wait to have you here. Sam. Yes. 
Um, so uh, to wrap up our, our conversation today, um, what would you say is one thing that can be done in every school to better improve inclusive education? Well, I think as a society, we just have to be committed to train new teachers to genuinely embrace inclusion and give them the tools they need to do that. I think we all know how hard teachers work. Um, we need to support them and give them the tools that they need for that to happen. But I, I think that has to happen when teachers are in school themselves, <laughs> learning how to be educators. It's gotta be really a, a requirement and part of the fabric of their own education. And again, the supports that they need to have that happen. Yes, that is, um, you know, like you said, it has to start before they get into the classroom um, so that they know they know what it is, they know what it's supposed to look like. And um, that's a really, I, I love that answer. It's so true because, um, you know, because if they're learning about it in their college courses and their other, um, you know, student teaching experiences, they're able to implement it whenever, whenever they become teachers. That's uh, really great. Right. Yeah. Well, Wendy, I thank you for this conversation. It was great uh, getting to talk to you. It's nice to meet you virtually. And um, I look forward to um, continuing our um, conversation offline and just, um, you know, figuring out ways that I can uh, be involved with you all there. It's really, um, really great what you're yeah. doing. So thank you so much for uh, sharing your story and your family's story and, and what you're doing up there in Montclair. And um, I look forward to talking with you again soon. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It was so nice to speak with you and um, NJCIE is lucky to have you on board. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, again, I appreciate this conversation and have a great day. You too. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. This podcast is brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or Spotify, and don't forget to follow us on social media at NJCIE. Until next time.